This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I am your host, Joe Quazala. With me, as always, is Kristen Studdard. That is me. Uh, It is a show where I talk about my one true obsession, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I am sorry. And uh, (laughs) Kristen, your relationship with the Hall, where does it stand at this point? Boy, ever evolving. We've gone from hate... We've never gotten to love, but we've gotten to tolerance and certainly, uh, I mean, I certainly know much more than I would ever have liked. It's definitely taking up valuable space in my brain mm-hmm. and, dare I say it, in my heart. Wow. Yeah, I know. That's a statement. I know. That's that's some real shit, and I love it. On the real. <laughs> okay. Our, our, our guest today, very happy to have her, very funny comedian and writer it's emily heller hi guys that's her thanks great. for joining us oh great to be here uh emily this is a, a show about a weird institution mm-hmm. we know it we, we come to marriage this. yeah the, the holy <laughs> sacrament of matrimony uh and you'll be getting married to both of us yes. surprise uh, All right, finally. Right yeah. But only if a, if a shadowy cabal of men in a conference room in New York City over a giant hoagie decide that we should get married. Kristen okay, is, of course, referring to more or less the way that people are nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay, it's a yes. a shadowy cabal of men, primarily, in a big conference room in the Rolling Stone offices in New York City. They meet. They eat. And they vote. Yeah. Uh, when you say men primarily, is that are there any women? Mm-hmm. Okay, there, Joe there just named women. one in the last episode, and I didn't yeah. know. I mean, because we've only met we've met two members of the nominating committee. They've been on our podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. For, former members. Former. How contentious did those episodes get? Uh, they were great because they're former members. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. So they could kick back and, and say Be like, how they that's feel. the new guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, right. yeah, I wanted what you want. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- we have it on good authority that that's how it goes. And I mean, I think it is primarily men, though, based on the history. Yeah, you know. <laughs> of, of who's gotten in mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. But there, I mean, the two men that we talked to were removed in an effort to get rid to of diversify the, oh. the nomcom, older white men yeah. we call it the nomcom now there's a lingo <laughs> we have a we lot call of terms it the nom-com. it's pretty cool uh yeah so that's that's how they decide there's a group of people music journalists f- musicians 
They are in a room once a year. They get together. They go around the horn. They're like, here's who I think should be in. And everyone mm. was like, hmm. And they then at the end, <laughs> they pass around a hat. They put in who they want. They put in their top Yeah, pretty three. much. They, each person, there's like it's like 30 members, give or take, on this committee. And then they put in the names of the people they think should be nominated. And then at the end of that meeting. They eat a big hoagie. Well, it's more like they, the sandwich has been mentioned by both people who came in. Because it's the sandwich uh, is from Car- a big deli. It's from Carnegie, Carnegie deli, deli, and they get a big sandwich, and that's a big deal. It's a big part of it. Eat a lot of pastrami. I feel like it's <laughs> this is. I mean, I feel like it just feeds into the the lore for me, the mm-hmm. legend of it. Yeah, it's just white dudes eating pastrami. Now, Emily, do you coming into this? Yeah. Yes. This is this is the entree, the entry point. Any any familiarity with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? What do you know? What do you think you know? Um, uh, <laughs> here's my familiarity with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So uh, it's in Cleveland, right? Yes. Um, so when I was uh, on tour opening for Anthony Jeselnik, uh, we had a tour stop in Cleveland, and they have just big sculptures of electric guitars all over that fucking city mm-hmm. and i made him take a picture of me with everyone we saw <laughs> and he was not happy about it <laughs> and that's about it wait is it, is it like how okay like in chicago for a while they had those cows mm-hmm. all over the it's, city it's like that it's like it's that, like like that. that. Mm-hmm. yeah in, they're like painted like like different, different colors colors and, and different styles. places and styles and like in yeah. homage to the places that they are set yeah. up as well and you could take pictures where you're pretending to play them but they're really big well yeah. well that's funny playing uh-huh. a really big guitar in peoria illinois where i went to college they had pigs <laughs> all over town all right peoria pigs on parade hmm. uh and they were all over town painted different uh different ways so cleveland has guitars peoria has pigs chicago had cows has was, los angeles ever had were, one of those sculpture dudes there were a bunch of hearts all over san francisco for a while i think okay. or am i thinking of a different city i don't know i feel mm. like this is like a common sort of yeah. public art thing right have a, a theme yeah and then I'm just I am truly curious. This is the kind of stuff I care about where I'm like, ooh, fun. What's every city's little Statue. sculpture? I like uh-huh. genuinely care. Mm-hmm. If if someone just had that information and could tell it to me yeah. right now, I would not no joke, listen to the entire thing and be very interested. Mm-hmm. I not, as far as I know, Los Angeles does not have anything like that. What would ours be? I don't know. Money. Uh, wow. Well, I guess we've got the Walk of Fame. That's kind of our. I would say yeah. mirrors. Probably mirror. Ooh, wow. That would be How a deep, very Joe. dangerous. How deep? Commenta- Mir- commentary. Especially with the sun. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He's reflecting Just in driver's eyes. We have so many wildfires happening right now. Uh, I think it would be stars. Yeah, yeah. I think I agree. Stars, stars. makes the most sense. <laughs> Money. <laughs> money and mirrors. Just bags of money. Cocaine. Mirrors, cocaine, hypodermic needles. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Okay. Sorry. Um. So, But you've never been inside. You did not no, go inside. No, I did not go inside, mm-hmm. nor did I want to. Well, here's a fun fact that is that that's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum. It's not the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame cannot be contained within. Oh yeah, it's an intangible sort of concept. Yeah, it lives in Joe's heart. There's obviously a connection, and like there are exhibits and uh, parts of that museum that are dedicated to the inductees and the list, so to speak. 
but surprise there's a surprising disconnect between the museum and the annual induction ceremonies and kind of just the the list and those ceremonies i imagine happen in new york or do they happen uh, in cleveland both they, they go on alternate and off. between oh. cleveland and new york this year it was in cleveland and it was a shitty ceremony next it year so hard i won't get like, into it because i go on this tirade yeah. too often this is the first year i've cared or first year you what first year you what first year that i have paid attention uh-huh. to the rock and roll hall of fame and it was a, it, it was, was one a of terrible... the as someone who has followed it since uh being a young man uh it one of the worst years to jump on it was as a dear friend of mine would say a dirty diaper <laughs> <laughs> we used to go and see the step up movies i really love the step up movies i personally love step up too the, the streets. streets. That's my favorite of the franchise. Step Up 3D is very, very bad, though. And my friends and I were very excited, and we sat in the theater, and we saw it, and it was so terrible. And as soon as the credits started to roll, my friend just turns to me and goes, that was a dirty diaper. <laughs> so that's what I think of when I think of the worst, like, the worst pan. version of a thing. Yeah. yeah. It's a yeah. dirty diaper of, of an induction ceremony. Um, Who was so- inducted? Ooh, this year it was Bon Jovi. Oh. It was The Cars, Dire Straits, Moody Blues, and Nina Simone. It was All trash. It right. yeah. doesn't even matter. But, and I talk about it too often because it's the only one that I have to compare It's to your anything. only point of reference in this thing that has existed for 30 years. And the three YouTube videos that I've seen of different, like, performances. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, the, the hall lives in your heart. Um, it, is not, it is not the museum. Very well said. Um, <laughs> Do you what and what is your uh, Emily if if anything do you have any interest in music history or what's your kind of connection to music What's your impression of and what, also what's, what's my relationship with music that's an impossible that's very, thing to sum yes. up Well could you <laughs> <laughs> I mean um I you know, I I listen to music. I like <laughs> music. There's, um, and if I, I could get more specific, which is yeah. like, it, it, with something like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, is there anything going on there that... Uh, that I have a connection to. Or that could potentially appeal to you. See, I, I guess I like sort of have this weird relationship with... Like, I, it's hard for me to picture bands that I have cared about over the years being inducted into the... Uh, hall of fame just because it's either they've been in it forever or they never will be Mm -hmm. uh because like i grew up listening to the music that my parents liked which was like james taylor the beatles like and you grew up in san francisco i grew up in the east bay yeah and um those were like big parts of my childhood and were your parents kind of hippie parents yeah yeah for sure and then when i sort of um started listening to my own music it was more like pop punk stuff green mm-hmm. day was oh, big I, I, east I, bay you know um those are our hometown boys and like i listened to a lot of like ska and punk and then like in high school just very predictable path toward like emo indie music mm-hmm. and then I now i followed the same path yeah i <laughs> there were uh, there were a lot of people walking that path alongside yes. us yeah it was a, it was a wide road yes and the so Boulevard I, of Broken <laughs> you might say, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's uh, now it's like I'm a little bit more open to whatever um, than I was at any other point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but so, yeah, I, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, nothing about it has means anything to me there's nothing right. about being part of the, like I grew up so much sort of like 
believing that like wide acceptance had nothing to do with whether or not I thought your music was good. Mm-hmm. That and it almost might have the opposite exactly. effect. That like yes. being right. mainstream is more is like, like lamestream. Okay. Yeah. Um, hold on. Wait. What was yeah. that you just said? I just said lamestream. It was like okay. a play on words. That's interesting because you're taking lame, right? Mm-hmm. And you're also taking the word mainstream. Yeah. And you're combining them. I did that for mm-hmm. the first time. Hmm. You all heard it. That's interesting. Thank I'm, you. I might write that down. Mm, you'll have to give me credit. I'd cer- <laughs> I'll cite you every time. <laughs> Proper citations. Yeah. So yeah, often when a when a group or artist becomes huge. Then it's it they they lose cool factor. They use yeah at least they used to and now I'm a lot less you know of a uh, snob about that. I think mm-hmm. we've I if I may I think we might have passed po- we're in a post sellout um, era era. Oh yeah, yeah. We talk about that. Do we talk about that with Barrett maybe the right, idea yes. that like it used to be so like your your music's in a commercial man like yeah, you, you sold sell out, out. Yeah. you're mm-hmm. with the man now and i listened now... to a lot of ska music that was specifically about the concept of selling out yeah there's a mm-hmm. song by real big fish called, called sell right. out yeah. the most and then there was also less than jake had a song oh yeah um what was that song that was like uh all, all my johnny friends. quest thinks we're selling out yeah yeah uh and so for me it was like this concept that i was like god i hope i don't become a sellout and i was like what the what did i think yeah it's like i hope i never make any money and people don't ever know who i am yeah (laughs) and real big fish is still like touring and they have to you know like if they maybe would have sold their shit to a few more commercials yeah when it was when they were featuring sky in commercials and not just like movies about high school yeah and you know what's weird is like i literally just sold out not really but like i i do think that like the comedy equivalent is like getting off the road to take a tv writing job and i've Mm -hmm. basically done that this year you're and now i take time off from tv to do the road but it's like i'm i have to like prepare to not make as much money when i do that you've Mm -hmm. become the thing i've become yeah Wow, which is like, but also, don't you think everyone on the road is like, man, I wish I didn't have to be on the road? No, some people love it. Some people do wish they were not on the road. But although it's funny, the the are it's you think about selling out and you think about artistic credibility, right? And I I think I mean you were writing for Barry on HBO, which HBO, yeah, and that show specifically, I think has the credibility. yeah. That is the is almost like the opposite. It's like, well, do you want to? I guess I don't know. It's hard. I to... work. I work. I mean, HBO is owned by AT and T now, so <laughs> let's be real. Yeah, right. AT and T, which just merged with Time Warner. So, oh boy, I'm working for the man. The man. That being said, uh, HBO is the first network that I've written for, where like we get their notes, and I'm like, yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, good note. Yeah, good note. <laughs> we should do that. <laughs> yeah. <Good> note H. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it's an uh, what uh, Greg Barrett had brought up to us was a, kind of a generational divide of, I mean, what kind of defines Gen X is not caring about anything and being over everything, uh, and like not you can't like anything. The idea even of expressing any joy is considered to be 
a faux pas and you just have to you have to scoff at everything and, and turn your nose up at everything and it feels like our generation I think has gone too far in the other direction. <laughs> we're of like the we're like mm-hmm. oh, of earnestness. Well, also no. like I, I think, I of, think like, of like nerd culture where like people yeah. define themselves by the things that they like. Like fandom is huge for our generation. Like I we like swung oh, yeah. in the other direction. Yeah, where we're like, well, I'm a Harry Potter nerd, or I like Star Wars, and that's my personality, mm-hmm. or whatever. But it's also really fickle too because we have these like big like, uh, I feel like the cycle of like lifting someone up and then like the backlash has gotten the the timeline mm-hmm. for that has gotten shorter and more intense mm-hmm. for art with us it feels like yes in some ways an inevitable cycle but like there's not as many like persistent sort of lasting stars of our of our generation but yeah I don't know if that's generational or if it just has has something more to do with like the way the media. I think the way the Mm -hmm. media is so is much faster. Everything is just going. I think part of the like Gen X thing was like it was there was a real mainstream media around which you couldn't navigate, and a lot of decisions about like what was consumed were decided not by people, Mm -hmm. and so it was like this real badge of honor to sort of like circumnavigate that and to be not circumnavigate that circumvent circumvent. that circumvent that and find your own culture outside of it at least if you were a white person if you were not a white person you were forced to do that um and now it's like we all have access to like anyone's soundcloud album yeah Mm -hmm. we get to just like whatever you know, it's not like a badge of yeah, honor to have no... found other music to listen well, to. Yeah, right. that's like I remember my friends who are just a little bit older than I am. Like they talk about how how much they would have to like search to find music, like, you know, to be in a record store, like genuinely looking for like import sing. Like my one friend was a really big Matthew Sweet fan and she used mm-hmm. to order like zines so that in the back of the zine she could find like these like rarities of his collection that like meant so much to her because she had to work so hard to get them, you know? Yeah. And that doesn't really, that kind of thing doesn't exist as much, but you can get that means that you know more people have access to more things mm-hmm. yeah you can like what you like i also think though i think our i think the millennial generation has like the the millennial generation and kind of like the generate what's the next one gen z i think is what they're calling the people after the millennials oh, i read God. that yeah. somewhere recently the thing is they called millennials gen y until they came up with the millennials, right millennials yeah millennials right? They just <laughs> never came up with anything yeah. other than gen x but yeah, yeah. right but like, and now but they're calling... all of these generations are myths and yeah. constructions. So mm-hmm. but anyway, kind of like the younger people of today, I feel like because the economy has been so shitty their whole lives and all of this other stuff, they're like, hell yeah, make money, do whatever you want to do. Like money is cool again. Like it wasn't that cool. Uh, not that it wasn't <laughs> everybody needed and, you know, benefited from money, but like, mm-hmm. like yeah. there was this thing where it was like, you're trying to make money. Money off is this, more, man? Of the, more of a myth now in some ways. And also I think it's like people just, they're like, they're more on a, ba- like we consume with such like abandon. It's yeah. unabashed, like bragging and saying like, look at my giant, like the people that, that has we been revere. forever though. Yes. Like that's always, there's always some people who think that's cool. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. But I think it's gotten more so where it's like, 
like I look at like like the the Kardashians or like people who are Instagram famous or things like that and it's more it is just more overt I think that people used to feel much more like a little more embarrassed people about felt, their wealth. Yeah, people felt a lot more conflicted, at least, about doing commercials. Yes. Oh, right. my gosh. Doing that, commercials. That, I think, has been a big change. There's no commercial that doesn't have a celebrity in it, yeah. it feels. Yeah. In that and it's you- not like a lame... Like, it's no longer the era of people going to Japan to do commercials. Exactly. Yeah, and, no, or, and hoping mm-hmm. no one would see it. Or the way that, like, even bands can get their big break from being in a commercial. I remember there were, like, iTunes commercials oh, and things yeah. like that. Like, bands got their big break from mm-hmm. being in commercials that used to be i just like the beastie boys will not allow their music to be in ads and i was a very big beastie boys fan mm-hmm. I, I continue to be um but like that was they're kind of i feel like the last that's kind of like they're i can't think of anybody else well, you know Pearl jam they won't do ads Who i else? don't know how, how they feel now but i think uh there was a as a very uh, distinct divide and it's talked about in that book meet me in the bathroom oh yeah the strokes the strokes were the the strokes were like the last band that was like no way we will not be in a commercial and they they gave up some uh extremely lucrative uh ad campaign that i think someone france ferdinand took it (laughs) honestly (laughs) yes like some some contemporary of theirs picked it up and it changed everything for them and it gave them the boost that the strokes could have used and bands of that era needed in order to get to that next level. I mean, it's wild. People do not. Yeah. There is no shame in the game anymore. No, mm-hmm. no. Hold on. What, what yeah, is that? You no, just okay, said, so <laughs> I, I said no shame in the game. Okay. I yeah. made a rhyme up. I'm writing that down. You yeah. might say there's no such thing as the shame stream media anymore. Whoa. Well, okay. Hold on. Okay. I'm drawing arrows in between <laughs> my two things very furiously. This is taking up a lot of space. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard, uh, it might be Carnival Cruise, uh, but they have Lust for Life by Iggy Pop. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say, <laughs> do you remember, I remember from my childhood, Kathy Griffin doing the Carnival Cruise Lines theme song, which was. I do not remember this. All right, this everybody. It goes fake. like this. If it's, it's, I think it might be a parody of another song, but I don't know the this other song. This is Kathy Griffin, the comedian. No, not Kathy, Kathy Griffin. Lee Kathy Lee Gifford. Lee Gifford. Okay. Thank you. I all... That makes way more sense. <laughs> yeah. That's what it, something was not adding up. Yeah. <laughs> not only does that make more sense, but I'm also no longer interested <laughs> in hearing it. <laughs> it's like, hold on, hold on. Singing a parody song for. <laughs> I think that it is maybe a song. Okay. If they could see me now out on a fun ship cruise. I'm eating fancy food and doing what I do. Are that you was. trying to convince me to induct Kathy Lee Gifford into the Rock and Roll I Hall did, of Fame? Did it work? Yeah, I'm I ready. like the idea of like taking a cruise as a revenge fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it literally is. If my friends could see me now, I think it was like maybe a reworking or a parody of some song called "If They Could See yeah. Me Now," which might be like an old standard that mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But but do you guys know what I'm talking about with the with the Iggy Pop <laughs> yes, song? Yes, I remember yes. that. Yes, that was so. That was not as cool as when Kathy Lee Gifford did. <laughs> no, you're right. No, but that is wild. Like Iggy Pop, there are certain people we also hold different artists to different standards. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like nobody is mad that Beyonce is doing a Pepsi commercial and she already has millions of dollars. You know, because she's a pop artist. I think pop artists versus rock artists. There's a, we yeah. maybe give them a harder time. We maybe give rock artists a harder time. Yeah. 
it it almost makes more sense for like a pop star to be in a commercial. I mean, you think of Michael Jackson in like a in a Pepsi commercial. Yeah, Pepsi's like got that. all the. We're also uh, more like Popsy. We're harder on people Stop where it. it seems like hypocrisy than we are on people who um who are own just it. who are just like unabashedly commercial. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is odd. Right. Yeah, because it's like it's no surprise that Britney Spears would be in a commercial. Right. Cause, uh, and you're of, like, but if someone has done something good for other people and they do a commercial, we're like, fuck you. Yeah, we're like, how dare you? You're not cool anymore. Huh. This episode is brought to you yeah. by Stamps.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We've got a lot of sponsors. There is a piece of uh, a, a new Hall of Fame content that is heavily branded. Uh, what? That is for the inductees this year. Is it the Mountain Dew uh Code Red? <laughs> or is it is it like Induction the Induction Zone. Yeah, is it the is it the Red Bull uh, you know, Wings Award? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's only it's given to Wings every year. <laughs> what it is is it's they are taking those like uh so when artists are inducted, they will air uh during the induction like a two or three minute documentary to get you like pumped up on the uh-huh. oh the package joe has told me several times that this is one of the best parts of any induction ceremony and you would agree the I, package the package like there were they like package all yeah. their footage and blah 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 and he thought it would make me like the moody blues it didn't but um it, it got did, you kind of it got me closer bon and it definitely got me revved up for bon jovi and freaking dire straits yeah. dog i was like you know what they were interesting. <laughs> I was like, they, they had a lot going on. I like, will say, like, I got pretty excited recently when I realized what uh, John Bon Jovi's real name was. John Bon Jovi. Look up how it's spelled, guys. Yeah. It's going to really blow your mind. That's what his kids go by. That's their last name. It's their real last name. Yeah, yeah Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. It can be singing me living on a prayer. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, Wait, so they're branding it, so it's anyway, like so it's they gonna, they are be like supersizing those documentaries. Oh, and no, like close, by McDonald's. It's PNC Bank, <laughs> oh my which God. is a weird one, what? but like you can find now, uh, maybe six or seven minute like short little documentaries. PNC does that stand for pretty not cool? Yeah, how did you? How did you know? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty not cool that they're doing that. Well, I mean, they're doing the PNC Bank. Like, is there going to be like a little frame around it? It's like, it. I, or like in the corner. I think it's at the say beginning PNC it Bank. says "brought to you by by PNC," and then it's just like kind of longer little documentaries, longer little. Uh, yeah, like six or seven. Instead document- of them being like three minutes, they're going to be like seven minutes. I watched the Dire Straits one, and you know what? I liked it. Wait, oh, this is not. They've already done this. Yeah, and I think they might still be rolling them out, but they're like just, I saw, this is only online content though. Uh-huh. This isn't yeah. like during the ceremony. They're no. not going to be like this is big post- up to PNC for helping us put this on. Yeah, <laughs> okay. This isn't Keith Richards going like I want to thank uh, PNC. Yeah, for uh, but they might us be here. like have their logo on the step and repeat. On the what? Oh yeah, on the, the step, step and, and repeat. repeat the little thing. The little thing that's the behind. like wallpaper thing that you take pictures of yes, on the yes, red yes. carpet. Okay, yeah. right. Uh, well, oh my the, god you really have um what was the word? you Hollywood. have sold out <laughs> i have yeah uh but this is yeah this is a some post induction uh when nothing's going on with the rock and roll hall of fame as it is right now just like little documentaries that they're, they're like we're gonna re-release a longer version of this stuff i don't even yeah i mean they are does the hall is the hall trying to be a year-round thing 
I don't think so. I think they. Kn- I mean, no. I think they know what they are. I don't know. We about are off that. season right now. I don't now, know really. if they know if they know what they are. the The cycle begins in October. Yeah, and it's that's when the nominees are announced. Oh, a, Joe's about, gonna read them to me live. Yes, I guess. <laughs> and it's a list of about twenty artists. If, and so every year, people are nominated, and not all of them get inducted. Correct. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Yeah. yeah. High drama. Oh my gosh! Like, what if Whitney Houston or Pat Benatar or Dolly Parton or the B-52s? <sighs> these are all names that are going to come up These are up all people who are not in. Yeah. These are not, yeah, these are people who are not in that I really want to be in. Janet Jackson. Uh-huh. Here's the thing. What's the, uh, and I'm, you know, I, I don't want to talk too much about things that you've probably talked about on the podcast before, but like Dolly Parton, country country star. Mm-hmm. Is Here's she, the does thing. she qualify? They have rappers in there. They have Johnny Cash okay. in there. So to me, she does, but to the Academy, it's the NomCom. It's hard to tell. It feels like they do not consider country to be rock and roll based on who's in. And they also don't consider like pop R&B to be rock well, and roll it seems like. Well, I mean that's I don't know that that's true. Well, then who's in there that's pop R&B? I would say Hall Notes are very pop. That's R&B. the tributary. It's opening Hall it up, but it hasn't not... happened. They're like This seems like uh are there black people? <laughs> yeah, I mean oh, there sure. yeah, NWA well, are there black is in R&B? there too. Pac yeah. is in there. Okay. Right? Yeah, so of of the uh, hip hop hip hop acts that hip-hop. are in the in the hall, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, Run DMC, Public Enemy, N.W.A., Beastie Tupac, Boys. Uh, yes, and, and the Beastie Boys. Okay, and then of I mean, like some of those early years are primarily black artists because it's like Sam Cooke and Ray Charles right. and James Brown and uh little richard and chuck berry and then you know over, over those first few years you know you're you're getting stevie wonder in there aretha franklin tina turner uh all right no all right. not tina turner excuse me ike, and, ike tina turner. and tina turner tina is not in there on her own and i really i won't go into it again but it is absolute <laughs> bullshit that someone That's must forever be associated with their abuser i yeah. do not like it honestly just even take Ike out. You take don't have Ike to out. re-induct her. Just make a just statement. Just make it and just have be like a deduction ceremony yeah, for Ike there Turner. There we go. Do it in the off season. I don't care. Yeah, right. I really don't like that. Uh, also, okay. they yeah. So it, 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 the hall has a a good history of inducting a lot of uh, important foundational soul artists and R and B artists. And within the past few years, though. It has taken kind of a turn towards a lot of the classic rock right. white uh, bands that they had snubbed for a long time. Yeah, clearing out the bottom of the barrel here, ben- bench clearing. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, so you know, you. I mean, we got Nina Simone this year, and also Sister Rosetta Tharp, which were uh, two great inductions, but those were also a very long time coming. Yeah. Uh, so you're you're getting racially, you're getting. Not much of a balance, but it's... Or gender-wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise. Shocking. <laughs> but I, I will say... More like Cock and Balls Hall of Fame. What, what the what? The what? <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone said that before? No. No. Really? I do think you just... Uh, cock you just cock and turn. Whole Balls Hall of Fame. No, Cock and Whole... I'm trying to... Cock and Whole Balls of Fame. There we go. Oh, yeah. Cock and right. Whole Balls of Fame. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to line up the syllables. Yeah, but it, I'm saying there's not enough holes. Boy, I just am mm-hmm. wondering why this was never thought of before. <laughs> now, now it's 
suddenly <laughs> occurring to me like why why this hasn't happened <laughs> i will I'm say yeah i mean i my last name is heller and it took me until about last year to realize i could have been saying he double hockey sticks er to spell oh, it my whole life oh that's so mm-hmm. good wait wait until i was 30 to figure that out jesus Aww. that's really too bad i know I- my last name is Stuttered, and it's taken me forever to just be like, I, it only just has one D in the middle. I know it sounds like it has two. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's that's my yeah. go-to. Yeah. Oh, gosh, how, guys, how about Quisel? You guys have real hard <laughs> names. Uh, wow. All the struggles you guys have gone through with your last names. I have no idea. Yeah. I never claimed it was a struggle. I'm just saying I'm embarrassed for not mm-hmm. thinking of the joke. Yes, yes, yes. Of course. Um. Joe, do you have any special ways that you tell people to spell or pronounce your name? Uh, pronounce it, I say, silent C, if they can even get to that point. Usually, <laughs> usually like the combination of letters uh, strikes fear into their heart to the point where they don't even know where to begin. Just because those letters in that proximity, I think, really just the makes C people and the nervous. Z is a very that's a that's a yeah. hard that's a disconcerting and in the middle in too. the middle and so you've close. already got a K and a W. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot yeah. getting, going getting, on. Yeah. It's uh, it's really too bad. Um, how do you with. tell people to spell it when you're when you're? Do you have like a special in, way in to... in chunks of two? K W A C Z A L A. That's usually the best way to do it. For a while, I did it K W A C Z A L A. But I think that saying was, yeah, yeah no, you hard. can't put the C okay. in the Z. Exactly. Yeah. People are like, yeah, no. People I, are like, yeah. uh-uh. the Z-Z? What is that? I don't understand. Huh? Yeah. Then you, you have gotta to start over. Those. So okay. now, yeah, chunks of two, baby. Chunks of two. <laughs> like Noah's Ark. I was just interested. I was like, this mm-hmm. is genuinely a thing we've never talked about on the mm-hmm. podcast. Somehow that hasn't come up on our rock and roll podcast. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why. You guys didn't have like an episode about like how your inductions would go <laughs> and what we you should. would. <laughs> now, Who would I want to induct me, Eddie Vedder? I'm kidding. No, he would do it. He would. Eddie Vedder inducts everybody. He inducts everybody. He's like, oh, really? he's like, he's in the inductors hall of he, fame. He <laughs> shows up. Opinion. He shows up quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The. Uh, I'm trying now. Now I'm like trying to think of like who has the the worst last name in the Hall of Fame, like the the most uh, confusing. Tell you who has the the worst first name, Fats. <laughs> Fats, Fats Domino. Domino. I don't think that's his real first name. <laughs> no, it's it's uh, uh, No, it is. It's yeah. uh, it's Fats, Fatua. Fat Few. Fatua. Oh, Fatthew. <laughs> right. Fatthew. What is it? Fat Fat Patrick. Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick. Okay, well, that that was my one joke that I had about that. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything, Joe? No? Hmm? No, I okay. don't. I was maybe going to come up with a boring real answer, like the bass player for the good, for the car's last name. What's was, his last name? Well, he goes by Ben Orr, but that's because his last name was like Orit or Chesky. Uh, jokes, just jokeses, just making jokes. What's his name, Orcheski? It was so, yeah, it's something very Polish. Mm. Uh, like Orcheguski. Gosh, that must be horrible to have a Polish, Polish last, last name. name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it must be a not so good. Um, do you uh, do you have any feelings about the existence of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I feel like have we covered this? <laughs> 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 All right, I'll take it. I, I, I don't. That's the thing. I I, yeah. I don't. 
Yeah. You're, you're not mad that it exists or anything. Sometimes I get mad that it exists. Oh. I was just looking for another person to be on my right. team. I think that's because, Emily, <laughs> you probably never think about it. I, I yeah. never think about it. I'm not, like, I haven't, like, put myself in this sort of Stockholm Syndrome situation that you're <laughs> yeah, in right now. Yeah, why have I done this to myself? You've devoted many hours of your life now yeah. to this institution. We're on at which... least hour 18, probably yeah. hour in the 20s. The, the trick that... Uh, the re- I think the way that it can kind of draw you in the hall is that it can be great. And, and once you yeah. start knowing that like people have been wronged, you want to make it right. And yeah, so you get invested the way you do in any sort of competition <laughs> where you're like, I want the right people to win. I mean, it's like I never I, I haven't watched it in a long time, but like I never agreed with who won Project Runway and I always cared Mm-hmm. you know yeah and you know and i mean yeah the only shows that i can the only like reality shows i like are like skill-based competition ones i love so mm-hmm. you think you can dance yeah and like i liked i liked project runway i liked yeah. top chef so the hall is almost like so let's say your favorite person does not win project runway yeah the hall is like i'm trying to compare it to like <laughs> what about what if next season they could win Right. And uh, then they don't win that season, but they could win next season. Yeah. And what about the- it's just like ongoing trauma. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But the, the- Boy, you've just said you've given Joel an engine. Here he goes. He's like, you're right. It is. It's yes, very yes, in- yes. interesting and exciting. You're right. It is I mean, cool. I, I wasn't trying to say ongoing trauma. Like, that makes it more appealing. But, the, but it's it's that it's like <laughs> no I hear trauma and I'm like oh that's good that's like we, I'm drawn to that I thought it was uh, drama the uh, the thing that I, it, the way I would call it a trick because you're like oh but it could because we, we could have a very good class next year this is the same sort of thing that like um, lights up in the brains of like gambling addicts mm-hmm. when they win one one hand. They're like I, I'm due. They're chasing, yeah, yeah. They're yes, they're, they're ch- chasing. <laughs> or it's that like high. it's like when uh, you pull a slot machine and it goes cherry, cherry, bell. You're like, I oh, almost so had it. Uh-huh. You're like, wow, yeah. the cure so almost close. got in. Mm-hmm. The hope that I felt in that moment, I want to feel that hope again and have it be satisfied. And then you're like, well, I lost three times in a row. I surely can't Gotta lose win again. Now. But other, no but, but you know what's different is unlike gambling, the odds do improve every year, don't mm-hmm. they? Because like you're when you're gambling, yeah. Every time you, oh my gosh, I'm making a fucking, I can't. Well, Joe's making an lighting up because he loves when this happens. But well, yeah. it, it's the idea of like, well, next year, uh, I sh- certainly hope Bon Jovi doesn't get inducted again. <laughs> <laughs> When you clear out some of the shitty ones, it does yeah, make know, things better. You know Bon Jovi's not going to get inducted again unless he starts a side project that really takes off. <laughs> he could be inducted Gosh, as a solo artist. He gets inducted twice before freaking Tina Whitney, Turner yeah. gets in twice or Whitney Houston gets in single times or Janet Jackson gets in single times. Once uh, is the word you're looking for. Yeah. No, I think it's single times. No, I did you guys I've really been a pioneer of language on this episode and I don't feel like people are respecting it. Uh has Mariah Carey ever been uh, nominated? No, she has not. She was on your list of snubs. She she certainly was. She's, she's never not been, been nominated. She's not been eligible for very long. Uh but yeah. I mean, ooh, 
I just tell you right now, if Mariah Carey gets in before some of those other divas, I know, right? Catfight, like that's. <laughs> Do we not care about a sense of order? And the answer is not really. No. Oh, uh, put in the divas. Yeah. I've put also the... made many an impassioned plea about how just all of the classes the diva. of divas of Can VH1 we have divas live. a divas hall of fame because that feels like those ceremonies would be a lot oh, more fun. They mm-hmm. would be like the re that would be the reemergence of VH1 divas live, and that is yeah. a moment in time that I oh hall of bring divas them back, and it would be like sort of um, aesthetically kind of like a Mount Olympus. Oh like, my gosh! Would they be carved into it? Oh my god, marble I mean, statues! I think they'd all be okay with that. It'd be mm-hmm. beautiful. That seems on brand. Yeah, for nearly every diva. Oh gosh, give me a hall of divas any day. You can keep your rock hall. I'll <laughs> take the hall of divas. So many of those divas are going to get in, though. I'm curious though when that shift. I is mean, yeah. Aretha. Did you say that Aretha was the first woman inducted mm-hmm. into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Mm-hmm. Wow. You got it the OG Diva. Such a stage. Sets a stage. That's a main tributary. But how many people have come through Diva-wise? Not that many. D- it d- no Traficon. No definition. Yeah. No Whitney. Diana Ross. The Supremes. The Supremes. Yeah. But no Diana alone. No. But Supremes are in a lot of the a good number of the the early girl groups. Do you know offhand like everyone who's in there? Like if I said something, you would said yeah. someone you, you would know. know. Uh huh. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Do you want? Yeah. Do you want? Do you want to test me? No. Okay. <laughs> well, I gotta go. I'll um, leave you guys to it. Genesis. Yes. Two thousand ten. Peter Gabriel alone. Yes. Two thousand fourteen. Can I just say it's fucked up that you know that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm I'm well aware. This is this is why this exists. In a sense, this is a way for me to get it out so that I don't uh, say it in public. So he doesn't yeah. like bore this his dates. Outlet, yeah. Um, who? Uh, Phil Collins? No. So Peter Gabriel, yes. Phil Collins, no. Sting, no. The he's police, been, he, yes. They are what they're an FYE. They are uh, the first police. year eligible. Oh yeah, wow. FYE is first year yeah eligible. So like. They get inducted the first year that they're as eligible? As soon as they're eligible, yeah. And ha- what makes you eligible? 25 years after your first recording. And that's oh. it. That's the only public criteria. Interesting. Yeah. This makes me... I Now I want to look up the people that I wanted to talk about and see... Oh, they're they've eligible. Been eligible. They're, they've been eligible, right? They've been eligible for, uh, for quite since some time. maybe 2010 or something. So, so, in, so we're talking an eight-year snub now. Yes. <laughs> 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 right. Uh, depending on how this year goes yeah mm-hmm. i mean anything can happen uh wait question yes wait so i'm just building why suspense. why peter gabriel well people will know in the episode title i i, I think but oh, it's fun to pretend i love it too <laughs> yeah hey guys i wonder who she could be talking about. <laughs> oh, who could it be um wait so why peter yes. gabriel and i mean i mm-hmm. think that peter gabriel is um a cool artist yeah and i think he like is awesome but why no Phil? Is he too poppy? Do you think that's yeah. why he was too commercially successful? Yeah, I, th- well, I well, I think because I think that's kind of like rude. Well, I think if you compare Peter Gabriel's career, uh, output, if you're just comparing the work, Peter Gabriel's and Phil Collins, I think Peter Gabriel's is more challenging. Uh, I think it is more artistic. I think Phil Collins is more uh, empty. I mean, it's it's less. Uh, 
Do you, do you get what I'm going for? Take a look at me now. No, I really think it's um, just more poppy. I think it's more. I think it's less challenging, more poppy, more popular. Mm-hmm. And like Peter Gabriel, and less cool. Like has... Peter Gabriel has like cred. He's got street mm-hmm. cred. He's like, and has released what I mean. We talk about our our criteria, uh, oh, but like he, Peter Gabriel has put out classic albums, has uh, critical acclaim. He has. Uh, so many iconic songs. And then Phil Collins, does he really have a classic album? Like, No Jacket Required. Yeah. I, I don't... If you compare that to So by Peter Gabriel, I, I think it's a pretty stark comparison. Oh, uh, I mean, but then you compare it to Slippery When Wet, and you're like, huh, maybe Phil Collins could be in the Rock sure. and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. you know... I think Phil Collins is also damaged by... The Kitch way, factor that yeah. he is now. Well, well, the way we dismiss 80s, a lot of 80s sounding music. Do you think he's got the Toto effect? <laughs> in a, yeah. I mean, the production of a lot of 80s pop has not aged very well. Right. And uh, there's a lot of Peter Gabriel music from the 80s that seem to. Uh, yeah, like Sledgehammer still slaps. Like that song is still cool. That has withstood the test of time better suck. than when you listen to Sue Studio, it's almost like a joke. Yeah. But a fun joke. Yeah, it's a very fun joke that you can, you know. But I mean, yeah, also, and to I be think fair, I'd listen... rather attend the Fun Joke Hall of Fame induction ceremony. <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, but my, uh, I mean, who gets in first ballot? Whoopi Cushion, <laughs> <laughs> one I'm of those joy boxes buzzer. with the uh, <laughs> boxing glove in it that oh, pops yeah. out when you turn the crank. I think it gets on the ballot. It doesn't get in first year. Yeah. Oh. Boxing glove in Because no one's actually seen that well, happen. I'm just wondering, is like, when is your mom going to be eligible? Oh, damn. <laughs> I'll tell you something she's been eligible uh. for for a while. <laughs> Sucking my dick. Whoa, your mom. Whoa. Hey, uh, wait. I do want to talk about Bill Cosby. A little bit more. So, yeah, just you can. A little can. bit more. Who would have thought that I would care? But I guess I'm just saying, like, you know, Sue Studio compared to I Can't Go For That. Yeah, the thing is, even, I'm just even saying, there. Like, I, I, I don't think that Holland Oates is, like, less cheap. Like, You Make My Dreams Come True is a great song. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, a cheesy, fun 80s song. I, think I mean, it's I think... essentially Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. But, like, there is a, there is a slight. But doesn't it predate? Wake me up before you go. go? It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, th- I just mean like if we're saying oh, that like, like lightness. Sue Studio and like you know that like Phil Collins is too poppy and light and vapid to be taken seriously. I'm like, I, I do I, feel I, like there's like an element of working backwards from the induction toward the reasoning, when really it's probably a yeah. bit more arbitrary than mm-hmm. that. Yes, for sure. It's, and it's I hard also to... think that like Phil Collins suffers because he has to be compared to Peter Gabriel. Yeah, probably. You know, it's like how like not that like Ringo was ever going to get in on his own, but he's like would definitely not get in on his own when you are comparing him to Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. without a doubt. I Who mean, is in on his own? Ah, yeah. Could, I mean, come on. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I mean Phil what, Phil Collins could this. Phil Collins could wind up on the ballot. I could see it happening. I'd be here for him getting in. I think he's pretty good. I just think there's there's probably a lot of people who would go Phil Collins sucks. I think that's probably <laughs> the bottom line. I thought there was going to be more to them. No, uh, there was not. I thought there would be some insight who would go Phil Collins 
sucks. I do think there's a possibility that everyone who cares about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is going to die. Before Eventually. The, be, before, <laughs> but I mean like before the numbers are replenished. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why they've got to keep... That's why they are kind of culling the nomcom and like oh, yeah. trying to they're you know. doing the thing that the Oscars committee did. Yeah. Which by trying... the way, so did they just do like a recent overhaul of that? Yeah. Yeah, this last year. I think they I don't know it if would... they culled people from the roster, but they definitely added like a lot, thousands of people, right? The Rock Hall? No. Of the Oscars. The Oscars. Oh no, I know I know when the Oscars oh. did it, but I mean yeah. like did the Rock so the, Hall do that? The Rock Hall in like around twenty fifteen got rid of a lot of people from like, the nominating committee. Yeah. Got <laughs> maybe right. got got rid of maybe I feel like half okay. the people from the nominating committee. Because I was I was gonna say like there were immediate results for the Oscars mm-hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm. And yes. I, I don't think we talk about that enough that like they realized they had a problem, they changed their numbers immediately after that moonlight one. Right. And now if the Rock Hall's gonna do that. I do think there will be immediate results. Well, the Rock Ideal. Hall did something like that, and it, it like, like backfired. A few I years ago, really? right? They did it. They immediately inducted Adolf Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's an artist. Um, tw- oh my God. Twenty for the 2016 ceremony was when the nominating committee had been really pared down from maybe like for wait 2016. Did you say? Yeah, for that. And was that the Pearl Jam year? No, no. Um, but that was a year before. The 2016 year Who is Who got in in 2016, Joe? Lame. Tell it's us off lame. the top of your head. Cheap Trick, Steve Miller Band, Chicago Deep Purple, and NWA. Wow. Oh, we talked about this before. That is a weird class. And a lot of those were people who were bands who had not been on the ballot before. And then like they did this culling. All of a sudden, they showed up on the ballot, and they got in immediately. That's crazy. Yeah. You would think. Uh, yeah. I mean, Los Lobos showed up on that ballot. Hell yeah. I mean, that's, I that's like for the first time. Uh, and the only, I mean, NWA got in because of the movie. It like lined up yeah. perfectly. They and had been on the ballot four times. Oh, mm-hmm. and that's like that we were, we've often talked about how like having a movie. That's why Whitney, although apparently, I don't know if the documentary, we still haven't seen it. First of all, we've got it's supposed to, go. to be great. I've heard too, though. It's quite, you know, I mean, it's, it's like Amy, you know, it's yeah. like challenging because she had this like difficult problem. Yeah. Um, life or whatever and i've heard also that the third act like kind of makes some big revelations where you're like whoa oh yeah um did you see it no but i i've heard about it i listened to some interviews that she is basically gay and that i had heard that also she had uh, suffered um like sexual abuse and stuff like that too. oh yeah i'm sure that as well um but that like sort of being forced into the closet is part of the it, what contribute part of what contributed to I, I shouldn't talk about this if i haven't seen the documentary but that, like this is what i've heard that being Once forced back into the closet it, is sort of yeah. we'll get we'll get well. into it but i just mean um uh why was i talking about winnie houston i'm always we were talking, talking about documentaries about the oh, way how, how that affects oh, people's yeah. like how likely they are to get in yeah, yeah. If, you, if they're brought back into the conversation uh with something like a documentary yeah, or then a biopic, can, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Then that that it's can like the what happened, Miss Simone. Like, yeah. Uh, that, effect. That, that effect was a little delayed, but uh, I think it just it did like help. ramped up. It brought mm-hmm. her back into the popular into conversation. The, yeah. mm-hmm. Then there was that Handmaid's Tale episode <laughs> where they uh, walk to feeling good. Uh, all the the handmaids handmaidens walk down the street oh. to feeling good. Yeah. It's like an iconic shot from I think the finale of, of Handmaid's Tale. Why uh, yikes? Hmm? Why yikes? Because feeling good and the juxtaposition. Yeah, it seems like yeah. a, an it's upsetting a, image. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't watch the show. 
Oh, it's the I have not watched the second season because I am too afraid of how it will make me sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. upset. The first season is incredible and I really enjoyed it. I think it is better than the book and I loved the book. Wow. Oh, wow. Better yeah. than the book. They do a great job. They go to places. I think most TV is better than most books. <laughs> I, you know what? I, on, on the whole, I think I agree with you. <laughs> you know what? I tend to choose TV. TV rules, man. TV kicks Big ass. Big Little Lies was just as good as the book, I feel like. Actually, better than the book. Who am I kidding? Big Little Lies is better than the book, too. All right, guys. So what I'm saying is if Big Little Lies is inducted next year, it will be because of the HBO show. And let's all go <laughs> and watch them get inducted. Uh, let's talk about the snubbed artist that eight years snub eight years snubs we, we believe uh, yeah the indigo girls. the indigo girls let's talk about them yeah what so do you, what yeah. is your i'm curious uh, what's, what's your, your relationship and... with the indigo girls indigo girls was my first concert um i basically organized a trip for my entire family to go see the indigo girls when i was 11 years old it was like one of those bands that we listened to on long road trips we all love the indigo girls and uh like it was sort of like the natural extension of my parents interest in like paul simon and james taylor and like you know Joni mitchell and stuff like it they're was... they're the more mo- they were like the modern folk revival yeah they're mm-hmm. like torch carriers a little yeah. bit they're you they're, are right they're folk they're they're actually a little bit more country than i think they're given credit for but um they well it's because they're gay it's because they're gay yes it's it's because they are not played by country stations even though but um but i also don't listen to a lot of country i don't know exactly how much their sound sort of crosses over but um so yeah i saw them we saw them at the greek theater uh in berkeley when I was like 11 years old, my entire oh, family. Oh, there's another Greek theater. There's one in, yes. in Berkeley as well. Yeah. Okay. And uh, then I also saw them at Lilith Fair the following year and then Lilith Fair the following year after that. Did you go to Lilith Fair when you were youngin? Uh, yeah, I was 12 and 13. Oh, my um, God. And cute. then since then, I've seen them probably like four or five more times um, as an adult. And mm. uh, I was, you know, a big fan as a kid. Still, I've never not been a fan of the Indigo Girls, and I, like, I also, part of that has to do with the fact that, like, their live shows are incredibly good. They sound as good as their albums live, which is, I think, really rare, Um, and... They've got that harmony going. They've, They've got, got that, that harmony little going. close harmony. They're really good musicians. Also, they released like a two-disc live album called 12 O'Clock Curfews that I listened to a lot as a kid. And there were a bunch of Indigo Girls songs on that album that I didn't hadn't heard the studio versions of before I heard that album. So like in some ways I got – I sort of fell in love with the live versions of some of their songs to begin with anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I've seen them in a variety of contexts. Um, that is so cute to imagine your whole family ri- driving together, singing the little Indigo Girls together. Oh, I really yeah. Love Very precious. That. Like, yeah. My sister walked down the aisle to an Indigo <gasps> Girls song. Which one? Um, it was an instrumental version of Ghost. Okay. Yeah. I also, I will say one of my fondest Indigo Girls memories prior to, I think, ever seeing them live was, and probably a formative experience in my life was uh, in third grade, I think, third or fourth grade, I was hanging out with uh, my friend Remy in her bedroom and we were playing an Indigo Girls album and we were 
listening to Galileo. Uh, so classic um, tune. <laughs> uh, so and we were doing hand motions, like trying to mime the words of the Indigo Girls song. And Remy laughed so hard that she peed on the floor. <laughs> and as a comedian, that was an extremely formative experience. And that's like the dragon I've been chasing for the yeah, rest of yes. my life. Yeah. Oh. There is something about young girls doing choreography. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like like to music. I mean, the amount of memories that I have of like being with my friends. Oh, yeah. Just trying to. Like, you you really feel like you're preparing for your future as a professional dancer. <laughs> <laughs> like in a real way. Yeah. And like oh, all the literal. Yeah. The literal choreography is just it's so beautiful and precious and wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a fun thing. Joe doesn't, do you know anything? How much about the Indigo Girls do you know, Joe? Well, not a whole ton. I have seen them live, though. What? Where'd you see them? So I saw the Indigo Girls play at Joan Baez's induction at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, very Ah. cool. In 2017, Joan Baez was inducted and she played with Mary Shapin Carpenter and the Indigo Girls. (gasps) Wow. That sounds amazing. It was great. They sounded really cool. They're awesome. They fucking rock. That's so cool to imagine that like that's like a that's a classic just set of four people right Mm -hmm. there. Wow. Yeah. Mary Uh, Chapin Carpenter. She's not in the rock hall. I'm just checking. I'm just checking. Right. Um, So the Indigo Girls have been adjacent. They're they they were at an induction very recently. That was Yeah. yeah. And you were there. Do you know anything else about them? You know um, what songs can you name up there, or like, like what, what, what do you think of when you think of the Indigo Girls? Uh, so I, I was researching for this episode just to see because mm-hmm. I was like, do I know any? I like to come in if I don't know anything. I like to, be like, I like to make everybody teach me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I kind of looked up what their their biggest singles were to mm-hmm. see if I could. I definitely, I definitely heard Closer to Fine. Yes, that was one. I was like, okay, I've. I've heard this before, uh, and then you know I what I'm gonna look up what I what I grabbed I grabbed Galileo yeah uh, and those are two they're two probably most consistent encore songs yeah mm-hmm. it's usually like they close with one of those and they encore with two songs and one of them will be the other of one of those yeah, yeah. closer to fine is a it is a great song um, yeah it is. I, I will say now my experience with the Indigo Girls, which is uh, Joe was like, do you know the Indigo Girls? And I was like, definitely more than you do. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, I was like, just by virtue of being a woman who yes. like was in the, the theater department in college. Uh-huh. Like, I feel like that all kind of like a lot of people there. I was like, like you know, like casually exposed like secondhand exposure to a lot of indigo girls yeah there's like an interesting venn diagram of like indigo girls fans and ani defranco fans yes also which i got very into ani in college yes so and there's some people for whom it's definitely one and not the other Mm -hmm. but definitely a big group that's both oh yeah and i will say i've had my ani phases too but they are less consistent and sparser than my Indigo Girls phases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Ani, you kind of have to be like really, you've got to be in the mood for, it's just, it is, yeah. it's more. But I will say like, what's interesting is I think that like both the Indigo Girls and Ani DeFranco have like two modes. And with the Indigo Girls, it's Emily songs versus Amy songs. And with Ani, it's just like two different types of songwriting from the same artist. Yeah. And they're both like, there's, 
I lean heavily more in one direction with both of them. Ooh, who do you whose songs do you like more? I mean, and I, you know, I hate to do this, but Emily, obviously. Emily is the excess. Emily's the entry. Everyone's entry point. Okay, so mm-hmm. she, she wrote Galileo. She, she wrote, wrote Galileo Closer to Fine. Closer yeah. to Fine. Yeah, those are the big songs that I know. I um, there was that girls episode in the last like second to last season, maybe the last season where she and her mom are where like Lena Dunham and her mom are going to that like outdoor festival. I think the episode is called Man on the Land, but they're like listening to the Indigo Girls in the car on the way there, and I'm like, yeah, that. That's right. And then I just watched Tig's yeah. special where she brings oh, up yeah. Indigo Girls at the end. Incredible. And I was like, and and they played a song. I thought they would play a song that was, um, I thought they would play one of those two songs. And they played that other song. Of and I knew they, that song. Of, oh, yeah. They, they played, played Shame on You. Shame on You. That's Which, the other one I grabbed. And I yeah. grabbed Hammer and a Nail. Um, Hammer and a Nail is great. A song that I didn't get into until I was an adult. Um, Shame on You, I think might be an Amy song. Um, and I do think that there's probably um, a good chance that uh, they didn't play Galileo or Closer to Find just because it was probably too expensive and they didn't want to. Um... Yeah, that's a that's a good what call. Do you mean? I'm sorry, I don't understand how that would work. The oh, because the they song. would have to pay more money for Galileo or Closer to Find. They're oh, more they valuable is... po- properties. Oh, they can't just like give it. No, and whatever. I don't know if they would because I also think that. Um, the Indigo Girls are another one of those bands that survive on touring mm-hmm. and, oh, and yeah. occasional licensing. Has, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because like, have they ever sold out? <laughs> I guess they, their <laughs> song was in that Girls episode. Yeah. Uh, Shame on You is an Amy song. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I like that song too. Yeah. Th- those are the three songs that I'm the it's most familiar song. with. Yeah. I don't know this Hammer and a Nail song, that, I, uh, but we can listen to it if we want mm-hmm. to hear it. But we might do that when we're going yeah. through the categories. So as, as I mentioned, the only real criteria for being inducted into the hall is 25 years after your first your recording. Your recording, yeah. Yeah, released recording. So that means they were eligible for the 2011 ceremony. Okay. Uh, but beyond that, it's hard to determine. They've released no cr- other criteria. Yeah. So kind of like what you were saying before, taking who's been inducted and kind of reverse- Reverse engineering, uh, engineering what they're looking for, yeah. Yeah, we I have come up with a list. Okay. So we're going to evaluate the Indigo Girls based on Great. These, these criteria. The first is critical acclaim. Mm-hmm. Ooh, d- did they have any critical acclaim? I think some, but I don't think I. I could be wrong. I don't think they're a band that critics necessarily go crazy for, and that might also be an issue with the fact that a lot of critics are dudes. Yeah, I yeah. was going to say I think too. There's like. It's I think that that's probably got a lot to do with it. And also they don't have a lot of like cultural cachet outside of the circles that um, that already like them. Do you know what I mean? For reference, you guys, they are lesbians. We've we've mentioned that briefly, but um, they are. And they've been out since the 80s, right? They've been out since they 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 came out. I don't know if they were ever. They were never closeted. They were never closeted act. But like they've been they've been releasing albums like you but know. Yeah. I mean yeah. I think like they as a result, I mean like women's music in general is considered less virtuosic and when you aren't considered a virtuoso even if you are one, like sex appeal is a big part of what makes you a breakthrough mm-hmm. artist, mm-hmm. which they don't have for a mass audience. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah. So and so and also, it's like they play music that is 
aside from like Lilith Fair, which is no longer around, they play music that is like part of a larger genre that's not actually welcoming to them demographically, which is like folk rock. Like that's not a world that's. Yeah, it's and also that's not like a super that is also not a world necessarily anymore. Like you said, they're like torchbearers of like these other acts that had been considered like culturally um, significant, critically acclaimed and things like that. But they kind of like picked up the torch and they kept running with it. But they're just like it wasn't as like there wasn't as much social cachet to being like a folk artist Mm -hmm. anymore. Like it's almost become a punchline or a joke. You know what I mean? That like, that like folk music or the Indigo girls in particular, like they really suffered from that kind of uh, cultural shift. Yeah. I also think like lesbian culture in general is, is not given the space that it deserves in popular media Mm -hmm. the way like gay male culture, gay male culture, for example, because it's like, it's suffering under the burden of both misogyny and homophobia. (laughs) homophobia. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think about that. I think about how many like gay male artists or how much I know about gay male culture versus how much I know about lesbian culture. I mean, that being said, like gay male musicians, there's not enough of them either, but you kind of feel like, like divas are part of gay male culture in a way too. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But yeah, that's interesting too to, mm-hmm. to even just think about. Yeah, that there isn't the space, the cultural space for even them to occupy. Right. right. They've they've had to carve that out for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next category is classic albums. Uh, I think maybe the closest thing I what, to find to find. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I feel like what do they got? They've they're, got. Um, uh, they're I heard that they had that live live album that was really good. <laughs> Um, I heard their that self-titled is the one that has closer to fine on it. That's probably the closest one. I, right, I, but their highest charting album was Shaming of the Sun. Oh, Power of Two. That's another song that I know. Yeah, that's a great song. Um, right, in, in 97, Shaming of the Sun went to number seven. Oh, Get Out the Map. I also yeah. know that song. Wow, okay. I but do those also so. feel like post-peak. Get out the map. Yes, yeah. right, yeah. Which is weird, because so like, it feels like they base. were, yeah, it's like well, a slow burn, like the people who bought Shaming of the Sun were people who had like slowly gotten into their previous mm-hmm. albums. And also they're people who liked Jewel. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah. Like 97 is when we were kind of like, that was when the like Lilith Fair revival That's was true, happening. That's true, yeah. And that was like, mm-hmm. uh, that was when the cultural They were selling some happening. of these albums at Lilith Fair. Yeah. Yeah, like right. this is that's when the cultural moment was happening for them. So I feel like that yeah. probably has a lot to do with it too. That kind of like brief moment in time when there was like a Jewel, Paula Cole, uh, um, uh, oh, what's her Sarah name? McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin, who started Lilith Fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Although the Indigo Girls self-titled did go two times platinum, which is uh, quite a feat. Uh, yeah. But if we're talking about like, are any of their albums? And this is sort of tied to critical acclaim. Are any of the, their albums ever considered in the as grand a whole. list as one of the greatest albums of all time? I don't know that there is what uh, anything. Yeah, I don't even know if there's consensus there among Indigo Girls fans. Mm-hmm. I do think that it's like they're such personal musicians that like people's experience with them feels so personal that you're kind of like. I don't know. What's the album that I listened to the summer we went to Yosemite? That's the one that's, that's the best yes. album, mm-hmm. you know? 
Yeah. Right. There's a, a personal connection that's meaningful. Yeah. Uh, next category I is. I think too that's kind of the intimacy of folk singers in particular of like this type of music is yeah. like when people are writing intimate music, it just it feels like an intimate genre. But mm -hmm. I also think part of I mean, like the Beatles are an exception because they also had like two leads who both wrote songs, but their albums had sort of like cohesion and themes, whereas mm -hmm. I, f I do feel like the Indigo Girls, they keep their writing credits separate, which I think is in some ways meaningful because it means that their albums aren't necessarily like oh, thematic. like a thematic. Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily cohesive. I don't know if I've noticed that. I don't know if I've noticed a theme on any of theirs, in any of their music, mm -hmm. but. Interesting. Yeah. Next category is iconic songs. Wait, and is Emily slash... the blonde one? Yes. Okay. Uh, Amy's I... sexier, but. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at a picture of them right now at the Essential Indigo Girl. You got to see them live to uh, to pick up on the sex well, appeal. Well, Amy's got kind of, yeah, she's gazing straight into the camera and she's got like a raw sexuality Amy about is, her. yeah. Amy is like the harder butcher one, in my opinion, even though they both have like long hair. Like Emily is like she softer. Seems softer, yes. Emily is softer, yeah. Amy's got this like sort of brooding. Yeah, she's got kind of a Melissa Etheridge vibe too. That kind of I don't oh know, yeah, I just she's feel got like a lot of features and, and her. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Admit. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> the next. Uh, the, sorry, yes. Joe. Welcome um, back. Back to my categories. <laughs> um. <laughs> Next up is iconic songs with kind of the, the subcategory of recognizable songs. Right. Uh, I don't know if any of Get their... out the map. I mean, well, I can't believe how many songs I suddenly recognize. Here's the thing. I really did Wait, sorry. College. What were you going to say? I was just going to say uh, Closer to Find certainly is rec recognizable. Right. The closest to iconic. But... Closer to Find featured it prominently in an episode of The Office. Okay. Uh, oh, really? Yes. Which one? Um, it was, and I and I think it sort of exemplifies to what they mean to people because it was uh, an episode in season three. Was Pam like finding herself? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, where Jim had been transferred to uh, Stanford, and it was like a late night where he and Andy and uh, Karen were all working late, and Jim and Andy got drunk, and. Andy started singing Closer to Fine, mm -hmm. and Jim started singing it along with him, and Andy was so excited. And it was one of those moments where it's like they both realized they knew all the words together, mm -hmm. and it's Did one they... of those songs that people get so excited to sing along with other people. And it was one of those things where it's like it is a song that Andy didn't expect Jim to know, mm -hmm. but Jim did know. Yeah. And that, I think, sort of is the essence of of how their songs function in pop culture mm -hmm. they're they're present without necessarily making themselves known they're not ubiquitous on, yeah. but they're present yeah Ooh, yes yeah uh do we want to listen to any of those other yeah what song would you like for us to listen to well uh, what song do you think would make um what song do you think would convince us the most of their hall worthiness like right uh, um do you i I mean, well, okay, so that's that's a different question than what song I'd want to play because oh, yeah, my because no, no, no. well, my well, feeling is okay. So play. obviously, I think they belong in the in the Rock Hall of Fame. The songs that I think would most convince you of that are Galileo and Closer to Fine, just because mm -hmm. they are so such important songs mm -hmm. in their dis discography. But 
given the opportunity, and I think that like anyone who with a passing interest in the Indigo Girls should find those songs and should listen to them, but given the opportunity to expose people to an Indigo Girls song Ooh. that they may not know. All right. God, this is a, a tough decision. We can also listen to snippets of many songs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, something that I did recently. I just I was, pulled up the essential Indigo Girls. Uh, is that a playlist that I made? No, because it's an album. That's, I that's an also album? have made. Oh, that's an that's album because I do have a Spotify playlist called the Essential Indigo Girls. <laughs> oh, I have, wow. I have two Indigo Girls Spotify uh, playlists on my phone. One Can of I them get... is the Essential Indigo Girls and one of them is um, Sick Indigo Girls Tracks, which Indes- is oh. a playlist that I made by culling their posted playlists on Instagram, their posted set lists from live shows mm. because I wanted to prepare myself to go... Yeah. to go to a concert because I knew there were tr- tracks from the most recent albums that I wasn't right. as familiar with. So I made a playlist of those songs and of those songs, the ones that I got the most into, I think I want to pick one of those to expose mm-hmm. people to, to show them that uh, the Indigo Girls still rock. Okay, I'm going to play Hammer and a Nail because I don't know this. Is this a song that's worth uh, jumping to the chorus, or? I think I think possibly, yeah. Okay. One thing you guys will note about Indigo Girls songs too is whoever wrote the song sings lead, and that's a good way to tell oh. who wrote what. And um, so this sounds like Amy, so I think this is an Amy song. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a jump. You, you jumped it like halfway through the chorus. <laughs> I did a great job. <laughs> did they say hammer and a nail yet? Yeah, well, we missed it. Oh. I heard it's what the beginning of the chorus. I heard what rhymed with it. Yeah. That's pretty good. A song about building stuff and gardening, you can see why it's an instant lesbian classic. <laughs> yeah, that's really, um, it, it all takes place in a Subaru. Do we want to hear Shame <laughs> on You? Yeah, that song's great. Yeah, and then I picked my song that I want. Okay. Great. These ladies know how to rock. Yeah, (laughs) some might say they rock. And this is like a, again, the first single from their highest charting album. Right. I also think, too, yeah, it's like lesbian culture just has not broken through into the mainstream in the like there's still something um where like women don't necessarily want to be seen as lesbians or like blah 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 that can still be seen as as more of an insult i it's frustrating yeah uh emily what what song do you want um so this song is i want you to play the song elizabeth okay it's from um their album one last day and uh i was trying to figure out what song this reminded me of and it led me to an article three streets off the grid we were barely kids i mean they get right into it mm-hmm. yeah they really do this song is extremely evocative of the song rocky raccoon it has some oh, similar yeah. yes sure. yes must on the willows drank the wine yeah i, I hear it yeah. on some of the runs yep a nice song and I like it. Mm-hmm. Also, it's just funny. It's interesting because I never, I'm not very, I'm very rarely in the mood to listen to this 
type of music. Really? I'm, I'm very rarely in like an indigo girls movie. I think if I had grown up in California, I would be different. I think it would be different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say part of the reason why I think I've been like diving back in super hard um, is that I have so much more time in my car and one of my hobbies is to sing in the car and to also s- harmonize with harmonize. what I'm listening yeah, to. Yeah. And perfect harmony music. They're yeah. the, perfect harmony music. They have such good harmonies. They're also both basically in my range, um, which is unusual for mm-hmm. female vocalists because um, <laughs> I'm an alto. Um, but uh, but yeah, and so I, I think a lot of their songs are are good for that. Um, and they I, are they're fun sing along songs. They too, are with big groups too. Where I everybody's also, doing a little harmony. Yeah, and fire song. I want to give credit to Eliza Skinner for um, illuminating some thematics of their music that have become more meaningful to me as my career has gone on. Um, which is that a lot of their songs are about the loneliness of being a touring musician because that's like how they've spent the bulk of their their lives. lives. And it's like a theme that I didn't pick up on as much when I was younger listening to their music, but now as an adult I can. And uh, Eliza and I, I hope she doesn't mind that I talk about this. We were having a conversation about like what the, the particular loneliness of being a comedian who people think that they know and who they like, but mm-hmm. to who maybe have a hard time with like maintaining intimate relationships with people. Um, and which is, I think something a lot of comedians struggle with. And there's, um, not Joe. Of course not. There's a song called, um, uh, language or the kiss. Um, which I, if you're going to listen to it, listen to the 12 o'clock curfews version, which is the live one. It's better than the studio one. Um, and there's a line in that uh, song that goes, oh, the fear I've known that I might reap the praise of strangers and end up on my own. Ooh, and you're like, ooh, oh, that's ooh. like uh, cuts yeah. to. Uh, that's that, too close. That is right? too it's close, close to the bone. And um, Yikes, ouch. Oh. It's, it's a song about basically like looking in at a like from the outside of a house at like a dinner party and being Mm -hmm. like this is the life that I'm missing by being on the road pretty much and I and I think that there's like there's a depth to their songs and the lyricism of their songs and it can be like seen as very earnest and I think we're at a time right now where people are returning to earnest music because Mm -hmm. of how bleak the world is like Mm -hmm. we're a little bit over irony we're a little bit over like that kind of distance we need true hope and so if there's gonna be a time that you're gonna listen to the indigo girls get into it now Get into them yeah. now, guys. You heard it. What was the name of that song? Uh, that song is called Language or the Kiss. Language or the Kiss. Live also, version. that live version, t- 12 o'clock curfews. Yeah, that title. Oof. Also, yeah. yeah. Pretty good. good. Um, Joe, what's our next category? Commercial success. Uh, you know, they had three albums. In societally went... adjusted terms. <laughs> they had, I mean, straight up, they had three albums that went gold and then three albums that went platinum, and one of those went twice platinum. Which is incredible, especially for this type of music that didn't get a ton of radio play. Yeah, uh, is uh, impressive, and it was, and it's obviously not like they were one of the highest selling groups of all time. But you can't say that people weren't buying their records. Yeah, you can't say that they haven't had a cultural impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, longevity. I'd say they're still around. They just put out an album, right? True. I think so. Yeah. But of, if if we're evaluating the kind of like peak years of their like when they mattered and like when they were kind of at the top of their game we're looking at maybe a 10 or so year stretch from the late 80s to 
the late the 90s. end of the nineties. I yeah. also think they like did the definitive that thing era where it was like they were popular in one sense, and then then when the Lilith Fair resurgence happened. They got like a resurgence, uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, w- then... I think Lilith Fair might have been their peak popularity, yeah. and it was like uh, it was a cu- a culmination yeah. of the, of their previous of people's interest in them previously. Mm-hmm. Now it felt like they could connect this band that they liked to a cultural movement in a way that they couldn't before. Before they were sort of like an isolated artist, and now yeah. they were part of a collection yes. of artists mm-hmm. making a specific statement about women in music. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, and they they I'm, uh, like... I'm getting like wistful. It's very <laughs> weird because I wasn't like super. I was not a super Lilith Fair type um, person. I just I, you know, was too busy trying to be cool. One of the guys, mm-hmm. and I just think about how like important and impactful. I talk about this all the time about how like important representation is and for especially in music and for women to feel like they can be musicians and that they can that their voice matters and that. Yeah, it's just it's so important. And I didn't even think at the time about how important it was that like that whole thing happened. You know, I was in high school probably when that happened. And it was like, yeah, it's a big deal that. It was cool to be a female artist. And yes, there were many jokes made. And yes, it was like still not, it was still like barely and I do starting think the, to be okay. The to be jokes gay. undermine the social impact yeah. of, of Lilith Fair, which was specifically set out to not just remind people that women were in music, but that women were like creative forces behind music and that they were like skilled musicians. Mm-hmm. I think that was a big part of it. It wasn't just yeah, that they were I like. I think it got written off in like this like goddess culture way, and right. it's like unfortunate because, but it was important and yeah. and groundbreaking, and and even if it did have like even if it did get you know uh, some sort lumped of backlash yeah. or lumps mm-hmm. lumped in or whatever, it still was important. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't thought about it in a while. Yeah, <laughs> it is important. That was what twenty years ago. Yeah, twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. People, that's crazy. That's cool. Uh, And that ties into the last category, which is influence and innovation. And I think the Indigo Girls even, I mean, it's kind of, we've we've hinted at it, but it feels like they paved the way for Lilith Fair to even exist. Because of what they were doing at that time, years before Lilith Fair started. And I think, I want to say nearly every artist who was in Lilith Fair owes something to what the Indigo Girls were doing. Absolutely. Oh, With the yeah. possible exception of Erica Badu. Right. Who yeah. is She's her doing own, it on herself. Who yeah, I saw at Lilith Fair yeah. also. But mm-hmm. anyway. But yeah, I do think that like probably a big part of the success of Lilith Fair was the fact that like they I think they have been a consistent road draw pretty much wherever whenever they've toured. Mm-hmm. And part of that I think has to do with the shutout of lesbian culture from other yeah, forms of media it's like that the like niche-ness. it was like there there's no what like yeah there's nobody else you gotta go see the damn indigo girl you know what i mean right like, and also it's like what cultural spaces can you enter that are specifically mm-hmm. like for women who love women other yeah. than and i will say like i was surprised at the last indigo girl show that i saw in la just sort of like my based on my visual scan of the people who were like holding hands at the show, there were I think as many gay men as lesbians there, oh, which I thought was yeah, really I interesting because you don't ten- tend to associate them with being. Mm. Yes, although you know it's because I do think that like we've become 
we've begun to look at especially at gay male culture as monolithic and Mm -hmm. you know there are obviously I know many quiet gays I know yeah you know I I know many you know introverted contemplative you know gay people (laughs) and also I'm straight so I feel like that's worth mentioning here is that like I've been talking about this a lot as like a big part (laughs) of lesbian culture I'm not gay but like I've rarely had You're a feminist so to everyone well, well yeah but I also I'm like pretty much like my whole life my female friends have been queer whether I knew it or not mm-hmm. uh I don't know how I ended up in that situation where like I don't know if there's something about me that codes queer or if I just like have a Imbit like a uh, internalized misogyny towards straight women. It's probably a combination of both. Um, but I do feel like uh, the Indigo Girls are a big part of why I've like tried to demonstrate an appropriate appreciation for like you know queer female culture to mm-hmm. the extent that I had throughout my life and the friendships that I've cultivated there. But um, and I'm still like not great at always like I'm a pr- I'm pretty heteronormative. Uh, in ways that I don't realize at the time, but uh, like I, I never assume that women are queer, even though most of the people I'm friends with have ended up being mm-hmm. in some way. But uh, anyway, We're I do. We're all think, working. We're but, all trying. Yeah, but to to just, my my point is just that like they've got crossover appeal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This isn't just you coming from a, a specific uh, culture. Because, no, yeah. I didn't start listening to the Indigo Girls because I'm a lesbian. I started listening to them because my dad started listening to them. Mm-hmm. And my dad like has made a point to say, like, I want credit for introducing this family to the Indigo Girls. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, last category. Does my also mom. Your dad's a lesbian. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Does my mom know who they are? Does your mom know who the Indigo Girls are? She does. Does your mom like the Indigo Girls? I don't know. Not not. If you played them for her, she might. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like I, she listens to the kind of public radio that I'm sure plays. Uh, She's probably heard them on interstitials and doesn't realize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've I've got to imagine she uh, would recognize closer to fine, and then some of those songs. I don't think she owns an album, but I think she would go, "Oh, the Indigo Girls. Yeah, they're nice." Yeah, my mom definitely knows the Indigo Girls. Again, part of the XRT, there's like this uh, station in Chicago that plays like adult alternative rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been around for a long time and that's my mom's favorite station and the Indigo Girls get played and my mom, I mean, I don't think that this is like, this might be stereotyping, but you know, she also owns several Melissa Etheridge albums. So I All think right. my mom, you know, she's down with like, uh, you know, gay women who rock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, it's Melissa Etheridge. She's not in the Rock Hall, is she? Oh, come on, <laughs> oh, I'm just trying. She rocks, though. I know, but she you know, the, you knew the answer before I you know, asked. I know, but she I do genuinely think does rock. I don't know a ton about Melissa Etheridge, but it is interesting that she is more of a touchstone for lesbian music than the Indigo Girls because I do think they're more prolific than she is. Yes, Am I wrong? Well, and it might, I might also be, wrong. be that her. Um, she's had more commercial success. Crossover, Gosh, yeah. She's had a lot of commercial success because I think. Um, I think it's also because folk music getting or like kind of that kind of like acoustic music not getting a lot of love in general on the yeah. radio. And I think because Melissa is ele- electric. That might be. Yeah, I think so. More, yeah, that would be my guess, you know. too. The, the, it comes down to the production. But man, yeah. I'm the only one. Oh, 
That's, that's good. a good song. Yeah. yeah. It's like karaoke jam, too. People, mm-hmm. I've heard people destroy it, and I have also destroyed it in, the other <laughs> in a way. different way. <laughs> <laughs> I like thought I could do it, but you forget she holds a note at the long time. At yeah. The end. Whoops. Mistakes. All right. Verdict time. Okay. <clears throat> so we are going to say, should they be inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Will they? And if so, when? All right. This episode has convinced me that they should. Prior to this, I wouldn't have like, I wouldn't have stood up for the Indigo Girls. Like if mm-hmm. someone wanted to shit on the Indigo Girls, I probably would have let it slide. Yeah. I probably would have been like, yeah, yeah, they suck. Who cares? And I do think there are a lot of lesbians who shit on the Indigo Girls because they resent the joke of the Indigo Girls yes. being made about them. And right. also there is, again, the, it's like a self-hating thing, too, where it's like, yeah, well, I'm not one of those lesbians. I'm yes. not an Indigo Girl lesbian. Yeah. I'm an... You know, I'm a Janelle Monet lesbian. I'm a Janelle Monet lesbian, <laughs> for example. Although, legitimately, I would rather be a Janelle Monet lesbian. You don't yeah. have to choose. Exactly, you don't have to choose. But prior to this episode, I'm telling you, I would, I would have let, I would have let it slide. I would have been like, yeah, whatever. Who cares? You can shit on them. I'm, I'm not bothered. And now I think I would be like, excuse me, um, <laughs> have you thought about, <laughs> about, uh, um, how we don't make room for uh, lesbian culture in mainstream society and that's interesting to me and i do i think they're good i think they're prolific and i think they're interesting and i think they should do i think they will this is where the old little hearty break i mean we can't get whitney houston in. we can't get we can't get some other people in and i just i don't know that it will happen for them it would take such a seismic shift Mm -hmm. in the makeup of the nomcom and of our society <laughs> to make it happen. I'm not saying that it absolutely will not. I mean, anything can happen. We have, I, I just feel like these last two years have really proved that in a terrible way. So, um, you know, I, I don't think they will. But if they did, I'd say we're looking at 20 years from now when maybe we've opened our hearts and minds as a society. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's my verdict. That's your verdict, Emily. Um, so obviously, I think they deserve to to be inducted in the Hall of Fame um, for reasons which I have elucidated over the last <laughs> hour. Um, <laughs> will they? This se- seems like impossible to predict. I like if things continue the as they have been. Absolutely not. Will they? They will not be inducted. But I could also see there being like a cultural moment that they. I mean, like. Think about in the last Hashtag year, she too. like I mean, in the last year, <laughs> Joe and the worst. <laughs> by the way, uh, we should probably put a spoiler alert on our discussion of Tig's special because uh, oh yeah, their appearance in Tig's special starts as a joke, a starts as a joke, and becomes very real. Tig yes. used to do this bit on stage where she would say, "Ladies and gentlemen, the Integral Girls," and continuously introduce them, and they would never come out, and that was the joke, and. It never actually happened when she was touring, and then when she filmed her special, she actually had them do a cameo. And that's like a cultural moment that I'm sure they were not expecting to have mm-hmm. last year, you know? Mm-hmm. And all of yeah. a sudden, it's happening. And so That I, was why they were on my mind, because I had seen that special. Right, I was yeah. like, oh, the Indigo Girls, like from Tig's special. Yeah, and so I think that there's a chance that, like, let's say one of their old songs gets used in something giant, mm-hmm. or, like, they one of them dies, or they 
there is a documentary. Yeah, or like if they're in the Leslie Gore documentary. <laughs> <laughs> trying Which, to get a Leslie Gore oh. <laughs> She was also gay. Did you know that Leslie oh, Gore I d- was gay? I don't know who Leslie Gore is. She's saying it's, my, it's party. my party, oh. Sunshine Lollipops, and You Don't Own Me. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um... Anyway, so I it would take something big happening, which I'm not ruling out, but yeah. I I think I wouldn't bet on it. Yeah, uh, Joe, the Here's expert. With the expert opinion. Yeah, you know I've I think I've been convinced in the category of should. Hell yeah! Uh, Did this episode do it for you? Yeah, because I, I you like me, but I was much closer to the line than you were. You mm-hmm. were probably further from the line. Yeah, closer to line. <laughs> <laughs> I also would not I'm be sorry. surprised if, like, if this decision was being made with me out of the room, if it went the other way. Like, I, I am, I, I know I have an intense energy around this. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, you genuinely convinced me. I, I said it. I'm also, I'm quite malleable in mm-hmm. in things like this, in things that like are ephemeral and don't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you couldn't, yeah. convince me to vote Republican, but like you, <laughs> but like you can convince me that the Indigo yeah. Girls probably deserve to be in the Rock Hall mostly it, uh, coming into it thinking that I only really knew one of their songs and that made me think, well, if you, if you, most people can't name a bunch of songs mm-hmm. that seems like a, not a good sign in terms of if they should be in the hall of fame, but how many Dick Dale songs can you name? Joe? <laughs> you said he should be in. Right. But he is not in. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> Uh, but it, w- what has been brought up, especially about being important figures in a in, in a certain culture, mm-hmm. and how I have have to imagine, especially as the years go on, I do feel like their importance will grow, yeah, uh, and we and it will be more visible, which makes me think that they there's a case to be made. Uh, will they? I don't. I think probably not. Yeah, but. They were at the induction ceremony. They are adjacent. They've circled. Someone thought of them. I mean, there's a reason why they were at the Joan Baez induction, which is Mm -hmm. that, like, they've the the specific torch that they've taken up, which, you know, is protest music. Like, Mm -hmm. a lot of their music is not protest music, but they are so political in so much of their music. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. Shame on You is like Shame on You is like an immigration song. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's like a song about Chicano immigration, basically, and they are like very strategic like one of their big covers is burying my heart at wounded knee they play at a lot of like political like and fundraiser they have concerts for a long time right. they've been political they've been political since from the jump i feel yeah. like and now i feel like we're in this age of intense political action mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. that they're more relevant now than they were maybe 2 years ago and we, they played the song the song deportee Oh yeah, song. they played it with uh, with Joan Baez when they. Oh, that's they really perform, cool. Which is a, a that is cool. Um, they're cool. I I man, I really. So I mean, around. like some. I mean, maybe it was Joan who said like I want to play with them, but you know when when that induction ceremony was coming together, it's just, they were thought of. They were part of the the conversation. So you know, it's not out of the question. Uh, if it happens, though, it's like yeah, at least. 20 years i feel yeah especially considering yeah. the backlog of of artists that are not and in the backlash just yeah. against like <laughs> women in general i would yeah i would if i had to yeah. i don't know that it'll happen if it, I, did. it feels like the bench of deserving women is maybe deeper than the bench of deser- deserving men it's going to take longer to clear there are yeah. huge benches well all especially over the place. Considering, yeah considering that there's only one 
there's only one spot every year for a woman to even get inducted, maybe. Yeah, I mean, just the the way it goes, it's like if yeah. you yeah, there should be they need to Ruth Bader Ginsburg it. There needs to be just all women classes until they catch up, until there's parity. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm t- I'm I am I am not kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, like until they catch up, until there's at least like, and it doesn't. I'm not saying it needs to be fifty fifty, but I'd be down with that. But like even just parity in like the number of releases by women versus yeah. you know what I'm saying like. I feel like the likeliest uh, scenario that would result in their induction would be like there is a giant PR disaster <laughs> and for the Rock Hall of Fame mm-hmm. and they are like Someone puts working their on dick their... in the hoagie yes. at the meeting <laughs> and they it are comes out. They're working on their optics. I feel like yeah. Indigo Girls yeah. are an optical choice. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. yeah. You make an excellent point. That's really Thank good. you. Uh it would be fun if it happened. Yes. Uh, I would try and go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I tried to go to Tick Special. I oh, couldn't, I couldn't make it, it work. Yeah. Oh. I, I was. You could have gotten in. I was busy. Oh, it's yeah. like, it's probably just. But I was like, they're going to be there. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the induction ceremonies, if you are a fan of a band or artist getting inducted, that it's like a fucking dream. Like, yeah, you get to me. you get to watch a fun little documentary Someone, uh, and we're going to get to this in a second. Yeah. Someone inducts them. Someone famous inducts and them. Gives them uh, gives like a heartfelt speech about how about, great they are. And then oh, they come up and say thank you, and they're always very moved. And then they play this their three best songs. This is why Joe likes the Rock and Roll Hall. Of yeah. This is where I con- start to come over. Where I'm like, that is nice. Because it's a it's all it's a ceremony of lifetime achievement awards of only yeah. lifetime achievement awards. All right, let's say the See, Indigo again. It doesn't it doesn't make you hate it. It makes you like <laughs> it a little more. Let's it say happens. the Indigo Girls are getting inducted. Uh, who inducts them? Who gives the speech? Inducting the Indigo Girls. I would. This I, is a great question. Yeah. I mean, if it were happening now, Joan Baez would make a lot of sense. I don't know if it would go the other way though. Wouldn't it be? Sometimes it does. Sometimes leg- like. Um, is it usually someone like older or younger? It's uh, it's all over the board. Because I sometimes think if it was it's... sometimes it's somebody like super contemporary. They're like making a poll. They're like making a grab for like the. Not the youth, youth, but, like, what they think of as the youth. I would guess, honestly, if it happened today, that it would be Sheryl Crow. Okay. Who else have we thought that Sheryl Crow should induct? We talked about this before. Uh... Taylor, well, we were talking about if oh. Taylor Swift wanted to make, as she was becoming eligible, if she wanted to make a play and like make nice with the hall, if she inducted Cheryl Crow, oh. right, that makes sense to me. And yeah. you think Cheryl Crow would get in, right? I think Cheryl mm-hmm. Crow's gonna get in. I mean, I hope she gets. You know, in. I like Cheryl. Crow. You know when she becomes eligible? <laughs> when this year <gasps> she becomes eligible, she oh my could gosh. be on if the ballot. If she's FYE, I will be so excited. I didn't even think that I cared that much about Cheryl Crow, but like my favorite mistake is such a great song. She's got a lot of good songs. She could be I on like that ballot. Crow. It could happen. Oh my god, strong enough. <gasps> Cheryl. <laughs> I, hope she get, I hope she gets nominated. Ooh, that would be so exciting. I, I it won't fucking happen. Wow. Um, okay. It, who I, well, knows? Because I have no faith in the in the academy. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> uh, I've lost a lot of faith this year. Um, um, you know who could induct the Indigo Girls? Tig. 
Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Do yeah, they have like some, comedians? Yeah, like Howard know? Stern in, inducted Bon Jovi. Oh. Letterman inducted Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. Tig would be a great choice. Yeah. Tig you know what? is a great choice. I think, it, I think Tig, I think Sarah McLaughlin. I was thinking about that, too. Also a yeah. great choice. I was like mm-hmm. Tegan and Sarah, but I think they're too, um, like, fringe. Maybe. Who knows? I think Tegan and Sarah are, like, a different enough genre. I think they'd have a lot to say about the Indigo Girls, but I don't think it's as natural of a choice. Well, like, you know, for example, like, Ann Wilson from Heart inducted... Um, the Moody the Blues. The Moody Blues. But, uh, and like she just talked about like their influence on her. Like sometimes, like how important they were to her and like what their music meant to her growing up. So like, right. do we know anyone? Is there anyone who has public? I mean, Tig is a great choice. Mm-hmm. She's a great choice. Yeah. That's that's a really good one. Cheryl Crow is a good choice too. Tig, the whole Tig thing is so interesting to me too because like Tig for so long resisted sort of like being thought of as a lesbian comedian Mm -hmm. regardless of like how much control she actually had over that and like the indigo girls themselves too like never gendered the subjects of their songs for so long because of homophobia yeah and uh i think it's interesting that in tig's most recent special which is so much more personal than Mm -hmm. the stuff that she i mean like obviously live was really personal but um like up before live which was about her health like she hadn't really address her sexuality like, as head on yeah. mm-hmm. um and then like she closed her most recent yeah. special with like the <laughs> most lesbian like, ending you could possibly me, have my wife yeah. our children and here's the indigo girls <laughs> <laughs> what's the uh, connection between the indigo girls and pink because i it's on wikipedia it says associated act pink and that's a great question. Brandy Carlisle is, is listed, oh, which Brandy would be Carlyle. a good uh, she is, she is also gay, yes. I believe so. I'm yes. A, yes. She is. And then Pink for some reason is listed that song, on the here joke as well. Of hers is so good. I like her. Um Michael Stipe uh I mean you should probably have a woman induct the Indigo Girls, but yeah. Michael Stipe is not a bad choice. Michael Stipe's not a bad choice right. because he's also a Georgian musician mm-hmm. and also gay. Yeah. So that makes sense to me. Someone else from Georgia makes sense. And he he's a he's a hall favorite, you know. He inducted yeah. Nirvana. Uh, Pink did a song called "Dear Mr. President" oh. with the Indigo Girls. Yeah, a po- protest song, a political song. What do you know? All right. Guess which right. president they were addressing. Me no no. All right, so the Indigo Girls are getting inducted. What three songs do they play? Usually closer the, to find closer, Galileo. Closer to find Galileo. Shame, Shame on, on you. you. Yeah, that makes sense. They have to do at least one Emily, at least one Amy song, mm-hmm. and it seems like they would do. If they were going to do an Amy song, it would it would probably be either Shame on You or Joking. And I think they would open with Galileo, then do Shame on You, close it out with Closer to Find. Everybody in the audience is joined hands. Their <laughs> hands are in the air. Everybody's swaying. It's very beautiful. Then they bring out all of the other performers who are there, and everybody does their own harmony, and it's very beautiful. And cool. <laughs> Fifteen point harmony. I'm not kidding, and I'm definitely here for it. I think it sounds great. Last time I saw them, they had a really great opener. But what they very often do on tour is they bring out their opening band to uh, during the encore to like join in oh, on yeah. on closer to fine, mm-hmm. and their opening act had to have the lyrics written down on a piece of paper in her hand when they did it, and I judged her very harshly for it. (laughs) As you should. Yeah. Come on. 
Oh, you're girl. on tour. With also, them. you're on tour with them. Like, just sit them. on the bus and learn it. Right? Just learn it. It's not like they're surprising she was really, you with it. Yeah. She was really young. Like, she was a really young musician. I think it was like one of her first big tours, but it was still one of those things where I wanted to be like, I wanted to shake her. I was so mad. Don't you realize? Know your history. She was so good, though, but. Yeah. Uh, well, then, okay. She's, I'm okay with it. Give though. her a pass. Yeah. If she was good and she's young. Hey. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Emily, thank you so much for, oh for my doing the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, is there anything you would like to plug, your social media or any projects? I want to plug um, every Indigo Girls album. <laughs> um, obviously, I've thrown a lot of love on 12 O'Clock Curfews, but uh, self-titled, uh, Rites of Passage, Nomads, Indian Saints, they're all good. Shame on You felt like their first sort of like public, or Shaming of the Sun felt like their first sort of like kind of more mainstream album and that one feels a little post peak to me but it's still good um also their later stuff have some great some Guys, great jams we, we thought she was kidding i she really <laughs> does want to take this time i really <laughs> i'm can, to, to i'm consider i'm down. considering sending you guys uh public links to my spotify playlist mm-hmm. of essential and sick and oh, yeah, girls we'll tracks Yes. Uh, I want to like just like preface it by saying that like my sick into girl girls tracks it started as just like songs that they were playing on tour that I wasn't familiar with so right. that I put them on the playlist to get familiar with and there is one song on there that I do not stand by as a choice but it's kind of a funny choice because it kind of sounds like it's a ska song and <laughs> they should not do that um, I don't think that song is good. But I've listened to it enough that I don't think it's bad. Um, but I don't want you to think that I think that that's like a really, really good Indigo Girl song. So um, I'm just going to send you the links to that. And um, when does this come out? Next Friday. Yeah. Yeah. The I'm sure they are. On, like, yeah. They're on tour. Great. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's your what's your Twitter? I'm at Mr. Emily Heller on everything. Right. That's um, MR. MR. Emily Hitler. H E double hockey sticks. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, are you still doing your podcast, Baby Geniuses? I am still doing my podcast, Baby Geniuses, although we no longer have guests on, which is why I haven't uh, asked you to do it. That's um, all right. Those were always the longer parts. I would sometimes be a guest. Joe, have you been a guest on Baby Geniuses? You never will be. No. I mean, we might have guests on again, but Kristen was one of our absolute favorite fun. regulars. What a joy. Um, what a treat. Yeah. How fun. Um, so I, I, yeah, I check out my podcast. I've got an album coming out in November. You can watch Barry on HBO. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, guys, you know me. It's your girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's your girl, Case Dud. Uh, that's me on all social media at Case Dud. Hey, check out my newly revamped website, hellokristin.com, and it has all of my dates on it, and I'm going to keep it updated. You have my word for this week. <laughs> Thank you. And the guarantee is that website will have no mention of this podcast nope. ever. Nope. Not one word. No way. Not look at, should I write that in my bio? Should I add it to, to my ending paragraph? Just she a, also co-hosts. She, she also will not tell you about she, her She begrudgingly podcast. co-hosts a podcast that she would rather not mention here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm at Joe K Joe K on Twitter and uh, yeah. Jo- at Joe Qua on, on Instagram. Instagram. Uh, please rate and review us on, on the iTunes subscribe five Can stars we only. We could, we'd love some more reviews, love a, 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 but only compliments only five stars only guys. Listen up. If you've got this. grudges, <laughs> you can send us an email at, rockhallpod at gmail.com we love your messages that's where your grudges and your complaints and your corrections can go to also compliments welcomed Mm -hmm. but honestly if you want to send us a compliment tell it to the public put it in a review tag us we'll retweet it um (laughs) 
We should probably uh, shout out future rock legends because uh, the information that we use on this podcast is and also curated most of it comes them. from Joe's brain though. Yeah, um, Ted Tramper, Liz Full, and Natalie Garcia Mayor for opening their home to and us. That's the dog. And that's the dog. Uh, and for the equipment and all this, thank you so much. Uh, my name is Joe Quazala. I'm Kristen Sutter. And who cares about the rock hall? Bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.